Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, the co-founder of The Leveragists at TheLeveragists.com, and the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us in just a couple of minutes, and we have got some fantastic guests lined up for you guys today. We have Liz Hester and Ed Oakley, who are going to be sharing with us a little bit about his success killing your business. Leadership expert Ed Oakley and marketing maven Liz Hester have uncovered the five success factors that will make the difference between the Mark Zuckerbergers and the wannabes. If you don't have all five factors, your very success could be killing your business. Now, why in the heck is this telling me that the show is going to be over in 90 seconds, guys? Let me see if I can find a way to get that to be fixed. Anyway, welcome, Liz and Ed. Hey, guys. Hopefully Jack's here in a minute so I can go handle our technical issue. All right. Hi, Gina. Pleasure to be with you today. It is so great to have you guys. I've really been looking forward to this show for the last couple of weeks, Liz. Oh, me too. I'm just excited. Jack likes us to start the show off with a specific question. What gets you guys up in the morning? (laughs) Go ahead, Liz. You start. <laughs> oh, well, I have a wonderful daughter, and what gets me up in the morning is knowing that every day I'm helping people live into their happiness and into into making this world a better place for my daughter. And so I love watching that happen. And what gets me up in the morning, uh, Gina, is I have had the privilege of, of working with leaders in 68 countries but for the first time in my life, after writing the book Enlightened Leadership that sold 300,000 copies, you know what? I really know what enlightened leadership is for the very first time. And my goal in life is to make the greatest possible difference I can while I'm still here. So that's what gets me up in the morning. That's really awesome, Ed. And I think we've got Jack joining us finally. Are you here, Jack? Yes, it starts at 12 o'clock. What are you guys doing on the interview already? <laughs> ah, holy cow. I, I've never I've never seen a radio show start early before. Hi, guys. I don't know why it did, but it did. And for some strange reason, it's telling me that it's supposed to be over now. So I'm looking at, at how to fix that, Jack. Ah, okay. Well, go pull some well, wires. Well, we're just excited and... about saying you're the world, Jack, so we just had to get started. I guess. I'm glad you didn't come in yesterday or something. I would have missed the whole thing. (laughs) Maybe we should start over. Maybe the first part got cut out. I don't know. (laughs) 
I was getting I was getting kind of upset. I'm like, well, Gina already asked the great big question about why you get out of bed in the morning, and now you guys are gonna I'm gonna ask it again, and you're gonna lose your fire. But I guess we're live. So <laughs> hi everybody. <laughs> hey Jack, a pleasure to meet you and be on the show with you today. You too. I think this is a, a really interesting uh, thing that you guys do. I, I I don't know where you left off. I guess it was the uh, waking up part. So where would you guys like to go yes. from here? Well, let's see. What we were going to talk about uh, is success killing your business, I believe, was our topic for today. So, uh, so we talked about uh, what what makes the difference between Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and everybody else in the world. How does that sound? Yes, that was it. I just now located that. Let's do, Let's go down that road. <laughs> so what is the difference? Why are there why are there so few Zuckerbergs compared to the general population? You know the difference well, that's is the inner game. Yes. Yeah, and we we have we've figured out over uh, a, a number quite a few months of research. We've broken the code, and bottom line is there are there are five key factors that are part of their inner game. We're talking about the emotional belief and consciousness game, if you will. And those guys differ in that than people who tried to do what they did and failed. In some cases, even people who sued them for stealing their idea. <laughs> but, you know, the question I ask is, why didn't that person, if, if, they, if they think they stole their idea, why didn't they just implement it themselves? Well, they couldn't because they didn't have these five inner game uh, factors. And those five factors, have you gone over those yet? No, we, have we haven't. Okay. And I'm all this, caught up now. I think the, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is, the, this is the big key because you can be successful, and, and we, have a, we have a lot of clients who have been hugely successful in their businesses. They're, they're doing, you know, two, three, four million dollars a year, but they hit a plateau, and they can't figure out why they can't go to the next level. And the reason they can't go to the next level is because they may have two, three, or four of these factors, but if you don't have all five, you can't really live into that greatness that you came here to do. Well, I, I've made a study of this myself just uh, just with clients and things over the last decade and a half and wonder sometimes about my choice to help people with how-to stuff because I really mm. don't think anymore that it's a how-to issue. It's a it's really mindset. I actually had a vision of changing one of my sites that's always been about you know, internet marketing type things, how how to work with WordPress, how to, you know, get a bunch of traffic from YouTube and things like that. It's been that way since I've had the domain since probably 2005. And uh, I had a vision of changing it over to mindset stuff because I just, it was like, you know what, the biggest problem that everybody seems to really have isn't how to. You can go find out how to do something easily for free. Everywhere in the world there's, there's there's an answer to your question, <laughs> and it's never really been I feel now about that. I think it's more about mindset. Is that what you guys are finding too? Absolutely, Jack. In in fact, boy, that that is perfectly where I am right now. You see, for 27 years, uh, after writing the book Enlightened Leadership and selling several hundred thousand copies and working with leaders all over the world, and including 23 of the Fortune 100 companies, 
you know, what, what we noticed is we would have a big difference in the company. But, you know, all the difference came from those people who were already at the right mindset and needed some of the how-to. So what I now realize, it's deeper than that. It's not about the how-to. It's where they come from. It's their being. And just recently I had a, I had a guy uh, contact us, and he, and he said, you know, I need to be uh, better, more influential. And I don't have authority in my job, but I need to improve my influence. So I, I just, you know, tossed out, you know, some, some of the work that we have that's online that he could go to and, and do that. And, and he contacted me back. He said, I, I think it's more than that. I said, all right, this is perfect. This guy understands the issue. And so I, instead of talking about that how-to work that was online, we started talking about what we're talking about now, which is life's new game, and that's all about shifting the inner game. And it, it's about, in this busy day and age, we don't have a whole lot of time to spend on this. I mean, our clients, they've, they've been to Tony Robbins, they've done Landmark, they've done the, the, they've read The Secret. We've all done this, but it all is very time-consuming, and you usually hit a threshold where you can't go any further. So what we want to do is we want to <laughs> take it out of your hands and, it's, and actually do some of the work for you while you're continuing working on your business. So, Ed, why don't you tell them uh, what the five factors are? Okay. All right. Well, the five factors that we have found is it's like the the ninety ten. It's it's the it's the ten percent of all the mindset inner game factors that make ninety percent of the difference. And those five are the following: fear of failure. If fear of failure is too high, you're not going to jump across that chasm because it looks like it's thirty feet wide when in fact it's only three feet wide and you could easily do it, but that fear stops you. Okay? The second one is low anger. You know, some people, some entrepreneurs would say, well, my, my, my anger gets me going in the morning. It, it, it gets me charged and moving forward. <laughs> That's probably pretty good as long as you're working by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to work with anybody else, that's a problem. The third one is high consciousness level. That is something that only in the last few years have we been able to impact in a major way in a short period of time. The third one, I think, I mean, the fourth one, I think is kind of interesting. It's caring for others. Now, isn't that interesting? That needs to be high. If all you care about is yourself, there's going to come a point where you're going to get stuck. But when you care for others, it makes a difference in your, your success. And the last one is fear of rejection. Now, let's say you have a high fear of rejection, and across the room, this crowded ballroom is exactly the right person. That, oh, my gosh, if you could meet that person and have a, have a good conversation with that person, that, that can make the biggest possible difference in your business. And yet you're afraid to approach them. You're afraid you're going to screw up. And even if you push yourself to force yourself to walk one foot in front of the other and get over in front of that person, you kind of blow it because you're coming from the wrong place. You're coming from fear instead of just connecting with a person as a human being, being who you really are. Those are the five factors. I agree with all of them. 
Uh, so there we go. That's the show, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they probably are wondering, where am I on the five factors? <laughs> and, True. And, and I mean, how do people... Right, and I mean, if you didn't wake up this morning with Zuckerberg as your last name, <laughs> since we keep taking on him, uh, you probably have one of the five factors or more. Um, it yeah. is a phenomenon. I mean, I feel like I've been talking about this off and on for you know about eighteen years, <laughs> and it and it's still a topic. Isn't that strange? How well, you mentioned earlier that we've all been, you know, we've looked at the secret and and uh, and Napoleon Hill and all of that stuff. We know those things. Everybody does now. Yeah. It's no yeah. secret at all. It's the worst kept secret on the planet. And <laughs> yet here we are in 2016, still having this discussion. What are you guys planning to do to to move the world forward in your own way? so that we have fewer and fewer of these discussions, and we also take this for granted because it's just a default the way well, things and that, work. That's, that's the trick, I, because if you could do it, you would have done it already. You've read the book. But the problem is that there's yeah. blocks that are hiding your blind spot, and they keep you in your comfort zone. So you venture outside your comfort zone, you have huge anxiety, huge fear, because it's the unknown. I mean, we are animals, and we, tend to, we like to forget that. And in our comfort zone, we know where, where the wolves are. We know where the demons are. We know when you go outside your comfort zone, there's all this possibility, but you also don't know where the dangers are. So your, your biological body says, don't do that. And your inner game has hidden blocks to keep you in that comfort zone. So that's why you sabotage your success, because you think it's your, your inner game doesn't know better. Your subconscious doesn't know better. It thinks it's keeping you safe. And you would take care of those blocks if you knew what they were. The problem is is that they're hiding from you, so you can't. Because you took care of the obvious ones already, using affirmations or visioning or meditation. You've already done the obvious ones. What we do is we go in and we remove those hidden ones for you. So it's How done for you, work? transformation. <laughs> that, that sounds like... You know, that's up there with Holy Grail and Fountain of Youth. And to me, that's an extraordinarily important thing. That might be the thread that's been running through this all of our careers with when we run into this with people and talk about success so much and what holds people back. I mean, that sounds really remarkable. We might need to get into that a little bit more right now. Well, it, well, it, it is quite amazing, uh, the technology that we have been gifted with. Uh, it's just within the last two years. Um Ed mentioned one of the five factors being level of consciousness. Well, level of consciousness is that awareness that you gain, and usually you get this through meditation or yoga, and it takes 20 to 30 years to to elevate your consciousness. Usually, that Ed went a couple of years ago and had his brain scanned because you know who who wouldn't want their brain scanned? <laughs> and the, he had his EEG done, and the guy came in and he said the first thing he said to Ed was, "I can tell you're a long term meditator." Well, and I'm not. And, and, <laughs> and isn't. It, it falls yeah, asleep. I can tell your EEG machine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, what but it, our what technology it, actually rewired his brain. We know that meditation rewires the brain. Our technology rewired his brain without the meditation. And yeah, that's really the sort of I, I tried to meditate for, for years and years. I always just fall asleep. <laughs> So, wow, interesting, yeah. That is so quite that, amazing, wow. 
Jack, what what, so what we happened? Can, we can't tell it all here because it takes because of course mm-hmm. going into all the details takes quite a bit. But uh, we have a link that we gave you all so we can take you. We have a special exclusive event for your people, and so they can go check it out. And we will go into detail of exactly how it works. And what's even cooler is we're gonna we demo it for you. We don't say take our word well, for it. We actually do it for you. Let's dance around the issue a little bit, though. Let's at least. So, yeah. what is the technology? Is it binaural beats? Is it, uh, you know, the people have been. Anybody who's read The Secret probably has heard about entrainment and things like that, or at least mm-hmm. a, a specific a number of those people. So, what what kind of technology are we talking about? It's actually a mantra or a prayer, essentially. It's very very simple, and it only takes two minutes. So it's an incredibly wow. simple process that you can pull out whenever you're triggered, whenever that so-and-so cuts you off on the freeway. We recommend pulling over before you pull out the process. <laughs> whenever you get triggered by anything, you can pull out the process and run it right away. Jack, let me give you a little bit of the backstory. Um, I got really sick after uh, building a very successful leadership development company and writing a bunch of books and so forth. Uh, I got, I got really, really sick, and frankly, what I realize now, it was I kept ignoring the wake-up calls. I ignored the little tap on the shoulder. I ignored the slap on the face. <laughs> so they, they had to knock me out <laughs> to get my attention. And when they did, I, I was so uh, miserable. Frankly, I wasn't sure I wanted to stay. But in a sort of a blinding flash of vision. Now, I know this sounds a little weird, but I, I, I saw it all in front of me, and I realized that I had an opportunity to deal with the personal issue that I was facing. And you know what it was? My mom died when I was two years old, and here I was as, as, a, as an adult still dealing with the abandonment and the anger with her leaving me when I was two years old, no matter how much psychotherapy I'd done, no how many, how many weekend uh, workshops I'd done, how much scream therapy I'd done, how much tapping I'd done, all of that stuff, it was still in the 50 trillion cells of my body. And as I saw that, immediately I, I realized I basically I sort of downloaded, if you will. I know that sounds a little weird, but I kind of downloaded an approach to clear it all. So I started doing that, and wow, first thing you know, I, I, was, I was feeling better, encouraging me to keep going. And first thing you know, I, I, had, I was getting better and better and better until the point that <laughs> I'll never forget going to Keystone, Colorado to our condo and writing a book in five days. In other words, going from ready to die to more motivated, focused, clear, on a roll than I'd ever been in my life. And that whole process gave, that, it gave us a process. My experience gave us a process we started with. And then when Liz came on board, that's a miracle in itself. When Liz came on board, we found that when we do it together, we combine our energies, it is like 10 times, order of magnitude, faster and better. 
And so what do we see? We see CEOs of $2 million training companies who, who are plateaued and haven't been able to take a salary in a year, double their 50% growth in six months, and then do it again another 50% the next year. We see a speaker who decided, well, things are dwindling. Maybe it's time to retire, go from ready to hang it all up and go live on the farm to moving to Vegas and being 75% booked for the entire year in two months. We see single moms taking their businesses and their little side businesses into huge success and just so they can take their kids on vacation for once. So we see college kids who don't know what they want to do with their life go to law school and just rock it out. So it's just amazing how we've seen the transformation with everyone on the, using the system. It's amazing just to listen to this because, you know, I said dance around earlier. I think uh, for so long we all, in every nook and cranny of the business world, success, personal growth, and everything, everybody dances around what you guys are saying that you're directly affecting, having an effect on. Everybody's been too scared. The gurus uh, often stay kind of away from this very most crucial question because it's, not an easy one to answer. It's like probably the hardest one to answer. And you guys are getting on this show saying that you have done that. That's I can't. But I I applaud you for not just screaming and laughing for the entire interview out of just what you've discovered and your excitement for it. Thanks for being coherent. Because I don't know if I could be. That's really quite amazing. It is well, what, amazing. Let's give people, you know, so let's give people question, a link early just in case, and we'll. Get, okay, go ahead. I just want. Yeah, I just wanted to give people the link now so, you know, people yeah. who are listening now will have it and we can give it to them later as well as the show goes on. But where can people find out more? Oh, I think Gina has that link. Um, so, does Oh, Gina okay, well, i got to wait for Gina to get back. All right, teaser. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't have it. Teaser. Well, i got to make sure you Stick get the around. right link because we – we set up something special for you, so I want to make sure that you get the right link. <laughs> so, okay, sounds uh, like coupons so, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, let's so, keep trudging yeah, along. Doing, this is. Yeah, we're doing a very special clearing for you, so I want to make sure that you get the, and it's just for you, so I want to make sure you get the right link so you can get to that. So it's uh, because okay. we, have, uh, we have a special thing where we will clear all your money issues for you. So any spiritual, wow. mental, okay. emotional money issues that are lingering around, we actually get on this event with you and we clear them for you live. So we want and to make to sure in, you get yeah. that. And to put that in perspective, Jack, the average person in the world has like 7,000 money issues. We're talking about limiting beliefs, emotional issues, those kinds of things. And uh, the people listening to your show, because it is a high consciousness show, are much more in the realm of probably a little below 1,000 money issues. But those are still there. And, and to be able to be extremely effective in the real world, the physical world, you've got to get rid of those money issues. And we do those uh, right – we'll do that for them right in uh, a webcast that we do. Yes. So – it, so, Jack, it is wonderfully exciting, and it's a big claim to say we'll do it for you. So it begs the question, what's your responsibility? If we're doing it for you, then, then what's the responsibility of our, our clients, of our people, our gamers? And, and that's where it comes down to decision points, when you decide to step into the greater self that you are. It, Jim, Ray, Jim Rohn says that change, 
change just doesn't come. Uh, let's see, how did he put it? I just saw that quote this morning. But you have to have to get better. You have to have change. And so many people mm-hmm. are afraid of change because they don't know what's going to be on the other side. They don't know who they're going to be. And we see such transformation that we make you take a survey before and after because people forget who they were before they started the program. It's only six weeks, but they see such huge change. Like uh, Ted. Ted is from the Midwest, so you have to show him it's working. So he took his wife to dinner, and he said, Honey, have you noticed anything different? And she said, Oh, my God. And she gave him a whole list. <laughs> she said, You're doing chores around the house without me asking. And, you know, for us ladies, that's a big one there. <laughs> she said, You brought me flowers for Valentine's Day. You haven't done that in years. I was floored. And better yet, I smile when you enter the room. It feels like we're honeymooners again. That but was huge. That that got his attention. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and it comes with the, it comes with making that decision to step into your higher self. And so that's what we help you do. And we as, as part of our our six week system, we have call, coaching calls with you, because decision points come up, and sometimes you need help to make the decision. And once you make that decision, the blocks. It's amazing how fast they clear. Yeah, and because of the fear you of mentioned change, er- I was just going to say. I was going to say you mentioned things. earlier you had thousands of of of. Describe that seven thousand one thousand thing again, because I, if I say I have money issues, I guess I never really thought about the number that that might mean. Yeah. But probably if I had to think about it, I would say it would it would be like a handful. And you're talking about thousands of what does that mean? Thousands of points of or, or issues. Describe that a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. It means many different ways in inter- of, of li- saying limiting beliefs, you know, uh, fear uh. of making money, the root of all evil, money is the root of all evil, just being one of those. You could, you could say that a hundred different ways probably. So it's okay. a lot of subtle different beliefs and emotions around money. You know, um, money's a bad thing in general. So, that that's the kind that's why there are so many. I know it does sound really really weird, but what's what's really cool though is is we can clear every single one of them in one session. Wow, it it is weird. And then the other thing that I caught on was the, the change quote. And you know, and I think that everybody's probably heard something like that before. Um, mm-hmm. Not to get too comfortable or to uh, stretch yourself or whatever. Uh, but it always makes me remember this um, thing. You guys remember when the biosphere was a big deal, the first one. Yes. And, uh, yep. and um, they, they had these palm trees that just turned to mush and fell over. And they couldn't figure out what the heck was the problem. These are scientists. These are some of the brilliant, most brilliant people in the world. And they thought they had really designed the biosphere to be a complete as possible replication of the natural world in a bubble. Except there's no wind in the bubble. And that trees actually thrive on being torn and whipped to and fro in windstorms that actually strengthens their fibers and makes them strong. They can't possibly Mm. just sit there and not ever move. They can grow really fast, but they turn to mush. And then they had to go in and put cables up to hold the trees up because there was no way to solve that problem in a closed system like that. So they had these trees... (laughs) You know, and that's why they did the experiment, right? They wanted to find out right. things like this, but it was just really odd. And I love using that as an example of what you guys were talking about, 
because we are the same way. And I have felt yeah. myself in my past turning to mush. I have felt it, and I think maybe probably some others <laughs> have as well, where you let mm-hmm. yourself get too complacent, too comfortable, too it, too much in stasis. And while it might seem like, hey, everybody, I don't have to do all of these things because I'm successful or I'm whatever, and they think that's a sign of uh, actual strength maybe or um, success, I have arrived, so now I don't have to move anymore, figuratively mm. and literally, and you turn to mush. I just like to use that example. Anytime, anytime anybody gives me that's that opening, great. I like to use it. I love <laughs> that's it. That's a great that example. Great. And, and, and tell them what you just thing. did. Which which one? <laughs> well, Ed just spent three days driving. Why? Okay, I'm not sure what you're looking for, so maybe you better just tell it, and I'll jump well, in. When yeah, I no, so, so Ed, the this is no, this is, this is exactly it, it. It just because you're you have arrived to a certain point, you, you still want to change, you still want to challenge and grow. So Ed packed up everything yeah. in Denver, and he didn't know what he was going to do, so he just put it in the pod. He said, "Okay, I'm going somewhere. I don't know where, but I feel like I'm I'm supposed to move." And so, and then he drove three days down. Now he's in St. Pete, Florida. <laughs> yeah, and. And down there, and his stuff still in storage while he's making this transition. Well, and and it's exa- yeah. it's exactly why we tend to work with innovators and early adopters. Uh, yeah. People who are comfortable aren't going to do anything. They're not going to take action, just like you were talking about, Jack, with the tree. There's not nothing they're going to do. They're just going to sit and watch their TV or listen to their music or whatever, play their whatever they do. Uh, but yeah. it's it's only when they get the wake up call. Now, I am the world's wor- I've got the world's record at ignoring wake up calls. That's why, <laughs> frankly, I had to get the big one. And when I got the big one, it finally got my attention. And unfortunately, a lot of people wait for that. And we we would like to make it so easy for people to have breakthroughs that they'd be able to make those decisions to move forward and get out of their little cocoon and and you know charge forward, becoming who they really are. That is the essence of our business. Every every one of the people listening to this show right now, Jack, have brilliance in them. Have amazing human beings who are here to make a difference. The only question is, are they ready to step up to it and do it? Yeah. Well, I have been given the link, but I've decided now to keep pulling the bowstring back until the tension is built so high. I mean, I don't really have to. The uh, the promise well, you guys are making I just here is pretty freaking incredible. Oh, thank What's you. What's that? Now, I've created a secondary link just in case, because you know, not having a link is not going to stop me. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I just have to tell you, you guys know this stuff really, really well, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Many of our listeners will, too. Uh, you know, the, if somebody tells you to go look for pink cars, and that's actually a really big meme that's going on right now in one of the, Vort, uh, one of the Abraham groups on Facebook, and everybody's <laughs> sending in pictures of these, all these pink cars. When's the last time you guys saw a pink car? But all of a sudden, everybody's seeing. Yeah, but you say to do it, and then all of a sudden, it's there. So, yeah. it, I've now just realized on this uh, on, uh, show how many pink cars I've been seeing related to this topic. I remember mm. um, 
Gary Vaynerchuk in the last several weeks has really been on a tear of a common thread where he's just trying to get people to really stretch out. Uh, Gina and I call it a thrival challenge. It's kind of thriving in a survival Mm. situation. And we'll turn our bachelor Mm. students on to that every once in a while and just say, you know what, you guys might be having trouble with your business right now. It might be going slower than you want it to go or whatever. Uh, And you need to still pay the mortgage while you're building your business. So do you know that you're getting a world-class education in marketing where you can just take what you know right now and go help another business with their social marketing, with their, you know, anything. And they'll pay you good money for that because they have no clue what you guys know. So we'll send them off on a little thrival challenge for a week. And, you know, everybody go raise the amount of money that you can. Go talk to people. Go stretch, you know, (laughs) stretch those fibers and, and get out of your comfort zone. And I'm starting to see that there's a whole bunch of stuff that's almost, it feels eerily like leading up to this show today. All of the different signals that people are out there, the Gary Vaynerchuk, the people, they're all basically trying to get people to stretch out of their comfort zones and do something and, and get the complacency and the, uh, the softness that has grown in, in just staying in the position and the place that you are because it's comfortable, even though you probably have some complaints. Like there's probably a little bit of misery in your comfort, but you're comfortable with that level of misery and it's just some kind of weird, odd stasis. You would never vo- volunteer to be in that position, but you find yourself in that position, and you're like, it seems like it'd be more comfortable to go uncomfortable to go over there than it would to just be staying here in my dirty bathwater. Is that, uh, is On the other that hand, how do you boil theme? a frog? Well, another yeah. hand, how do you boil a frog, right? And so if you stay right. there in that misery and it ramps up slowly, next thing you know, you're in boiling water, and that's what happens to Ed. <laughs> He doesn't, and it happens to all well, of wait us. A minute, so, I mean, he just make said, that pass him, yeah. please. <laughs> yes, and that's what used to happen to Ed. Yeah. And you know, that's yeah. like like the speaker Mike I was talking about earlier, who who thought he might just you know kind of retire, but but some of the part of him didn't want to do that because he has an amazing message that he brings to people, and he wanted to help more people. So once he did our life new game with us and got those blocks out of the way, I mean, it was a two month turnaround. And everything turned around. I mean, he, he packed up everything in Colorado Springs and moved to Las Vegas. I mean, talk about change. And you know, it was getting those blocks out of the way that made this huge difference for him to be able to step into that. Yeah. My grandfather uh, was famous in our family for every time you ask him what he's doing, because we'd only see him on the weekends. When he was still working, you wouldn't see him, and uh uh, except for occasions and everything, and then our families didn't get together for anything but occasions. So we only saw him at leisure time. And mm-hmm. we'd always say, what are you doing or whatever? And he's like, I'm on break. I'm taking a break. He was acting like he was at work taking a break, you know, kind of saying the same stuff that we would imagine he said to coworkers. And mm-hmm. when he retired, he was on permanent break. And he was he had talked himself his entire life into – the ideal for his life would be to be on break and not working because he had a, you know, mm. a, a typical, you know, industrial crap job that you know, he didn't like. And, but that was the way you just yeah. did that. That was the American dream at the time. And, um, and he, it never agreed with him. His favorite time in the world was being on break. Either figuratively or literally, I mean, even in family get-togethers, of course you're on break. But he would just sit there and whittle some stuff and everything. And I firmly believe he gave himself Alzheimer's. I really do because Mm -hmm. he had tricked his mind over all of these decades into seeking out 
stasis, complete stasis if yeah. at all possible, or just very, very doing little. And it seemed cute at the time. People would laugh about it over all the years that you'd hear him, I'm on break. But then he took a real yeah, break, he, like a serious break, and that frog didn't get a second chance like Ed did. No. He, his brain no. said, forget it. Forget it. I'm out of here. You're not going to use me? I'll just turn off. And it's exactly what happened. I totally believe that's what happened. I'm no scientist or doctor. <laughs> but uh, well, it yeah. seems like that. And that's why the, the level of caring matters so much. You care for others. I mean, people, uh, Richard Branson, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah, they seem like they care for others because they do. They really care. They want to make a difference in other people's lives. And, and we've, we've seen some, there's a huge thing going on now with um, a company that raised billions of dollars, and it, it turns out that it's all probably a hoax. They're under investigation right now. And when we went and Ed te- tested her levels, she had 100% caring for herself. Um, what, what was the caring for others, Ed? Well, let's, let's don't say how much. It's just very low, very low caring very for others. Very low. Yeah, wow. and it's like you caring know, for others other that words, gets us up in the morning. Yeah. You, your first by, question, the way, circle back to your first question. Yeah, she also did not meet the other four requirements, those other four levels either. The anger level was way high. The, the fear of failure was, was even up. Even though they had, they had, they had uh, raised $100 million and the company was actually valued at $9 billion. So, wow. you know, she's, yeah, there's a real issue there. And, and we, we can predict that. We can absolutely predict that. So I, I had an interesting thing happen this morning. Somebody put me, I didn't even know you could do this. Somebody put me into a Facebook group for retired people. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I kind of chuckled and I started reading some of the things in there. And I started to make a comment, man, I ain't, re- I ain't retiring. It's the furthest thing from my mind. And, but instead, I just politely took myself out of the group. I didn't think it was appropriate to, to judge. We're on the retirement side of things. <laughs> and it doesn't matter well, if you're yeah. 30 and you sold your first business or you're in your 60s and you're in your third childhood. This is about being fired up and making the biggest difference, being who you came to be, because you didn't come to to just to be on break, and I, that's why people die. I mean, there's there's so many studies out that once doctors and lawyers and firemen, and every time they do another study, it's another profession that goes on the list. They all die within three years of retirement. Why? Because they no longer have a reason for living. They they feel like they've fulfilled their function and it's over. But we're here to make a difference for each other, to reach out, to touch each other's lives. We're social animals. We want to make a difference in each other's lives. And that, so that's what we're here to do, and to help you be the greatest you that you can be and make the most difference on the planet while you're here. I think as we get further away from the previous American dream, uh, far enough away that we have a little bit more perspective we're going to be in awe of the idea that we came up with because every single thing on this planet that has to do with humans is a human construct. I mean, the way our economy works, the way everything, you know, you're, you're expected to go to college and get a job and, you know, try to figure out something that you might like to do, although that is an impossible question to ask an 18-year-old human being uh, and get any kind of real definitive answer. For most people, I think college is backwards. I think we should be in college right now. I finally know what I want to do with my life, and I'm 48. (laughs) So, you know, 
I think it's going to look really, really weird historically that we all accept it as a, a, a lot of cultures all over the, all over the world, but especially um, Western culture, that you would just do whatever job, and you would do it for the better part of your life, the good years of your life, and then you would retire and get to have fun and get to do you know, stuff. And that you know, we were basically asking ourselves as a species to just be miserable at the factory or at the whatever. Some, some people taught themselves to enjoy it, but there's hardly anything enjoyable about being 500 feet underground in a coal mine, you know, uh, pickaxing some coal out and getting diseases and stuff. There's no way that people yeah. enjoy that. That's their job. They have to do it. That's how they make their living. And they save their enjoyment and their caring and everything or whatever is left at the end of the day for the end of the day, right, or the weekend. or you know. And basically all of that is, is recovery from the crap that you do for a living and it's not nearly enough time, and then you've got to go back again <laughs> whenever your break is over. So it's, I think it's going to look really strange. I think that we're coming out of it, and, of course, none of this is news to anybody listening, and, of course, to you guys, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we are actively running away from that idea, and a lot of us have been doing it all our lives. Like, I've never had a real job in my life, <laughs> like a real job. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've never done it. I've always been allergic to bosses, um, I would never hire myself if I had to hire somebody for a job. I would never hire me. I'm too opinionated. I'm too independent, you know, and I've had a taste of freedom. I can't do that kind of stuff, but that's still the very vast minority, right? There's not as many people like that. It's growing, and it's encouraging that it is, but that culture of, you know, not expecting to enjoy what you do or helping others or getting the ability to do that and get that fulfillment out of what it is that people do. Isn't that still kind of the way things are right now, and they're changing? They're changing a lot. I mean, we have we have people who are massage therapists, uh, for instance, and uh, the wonderful gals and, and coaches, too, who are starting new businesses on the side, coaching others. But it, they once they get their blocks out of the way, they see happiness again. They see possibility. They It's... It's hard. So many of us have started businesses on the side. You know, I did that too, starting it, starting my consulting business on the side to build into doing the work that I wanted to do that got me out, out of bed in the morning that made a difference, that uh, I felt made a difference. And once you get those blocks out of the way, it's just easier to leap out of bed in the morning and go, great. You know, I can, I can serve in my job with, with passion because I know that I am also getting to do my passion on the side as well, and it grows, and they grow and grow. So we see people who are, um, oh, this one gal, she's great. She was two years from retirement. She had ten projects. Then she couldn't decide which one she wanted to do after she retired because finally she was going to get to do something she wanted to do. And so we cleared her worry and anxiety, and the next morning she came up and she said, I had the best night's sleep I've had in literally years, and I know exactly which of these projects I want to do. So she was two years from retirement, and by the end of that weekend, because we were at a weekend conference, she already had an accountability partner. She already had the outline for her book that she was going to write to go with this project. And in three months, she was already having a list and building it on Facebook, doing blabs with some big people, and just rocking it out. And she's still, you know, you're almost two years to retirement, but she's already so fired up that she's doing this too. And so when she retires, she's in a great position to go into doing that more full-time and helping women be empowered. And that's what we see. We see this wonderful zest for life comebacks that we used to have when we were kids. 
It makes such a yeah, huge I, difference. I was just going to say, isn't, isn't it weird? I mean, I'll give you guys the ability to just sit back and have some perspective on your own thing because you're in it, right? You're soaking in it. And maybe <laughs> you don't get as much opportunity for people to ask you some questions like this one, maybe. Uh, it, and that is, don't you find it weird that people will leave something they're unhappy with and it's got a really strong culture of, you know, hard work for hard work's sake. Um, you can only move up if you uh, do a vast amount more than what you're being paid to do. Um, cubicles are cool places to work. Uh, all of this kind of stuff, that's what they're fleeing, and that's when they start their, their businesses. And, and they'll go around and they'll go to a conference or something and they'll say, uh, I'm, I'm independent. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. I call my own shots. I can do anything I want. But it, they say those things, but you guys are in the business of still having to clear blocks that people bring with them from that place they were running from without even knowing it, right? They still think yeah. they have to ten times it and grind it out and, and uh, you know, all of this stuff. They still bring a lot of that stuff with them while they're saying at the same time, it's like they've got a foot in both worlds. I'm an independent entrepreneur business person. I call my own shots and I can do whatever I want meaning you can think about how you make the world a better place or how you serve or anything. You do literally call the shots. But I think a lot of people take their own power away inadvertently right after they start their own business. And then here we are talking about the, the fact that blocks still need to be removed. Even though you have become this wildly independent and nobody can tell me anything person, lots of voices in their head are telling them from old ways of doing things how this should be done. You can't do this. You can't succeed at this. Money is evil. All of these things. I just think that's fascinating. It's just a remark. I don't know if it's a question. I think it's an excellent remark, and we see it all the time. It's, uh, you know, what it's, but I've been talking a lot, so I thought, hmm, maybe I should let Ed get a word in. <laughs> um, we may have lost Ed. Oh, we may have lost it. No wonder I've been doing all the talking. Okay. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll get back on. You're going to have to take it. <laughs> oh, well, no problem. As you can tell, I'm a talker. So, yeah. No, we see that all the time, actually, and I've dealt with it myself. I mean, and and there's there's something, too, when you have that first dream. And, and it's, it, so this is a really interesting progression. So you come out of your corporate job. You have this idea of what you might want to do. And you go in and you, and you and you charge forward and you do it, or you're doing it on the side. And then you get to a certain point, and it's not what you thought it was, right? And or you really you need to pivot. It, it, the dream isn't exactly what you thought, and you feel like you failed, but you didn't fail because if you hadn't taken those steps into that dream, you wouldn't have seen the next step of the dream. It's like climbing a mountain, and when you climb a mountain, and suddenly you can see this valley out before you that you couldn't see before, and there's a whole new vista, there's whole new opportunities, and so it's. It's removing those blocks, yes, that keep you from moving forward and keep climbing up that mountain and remove those mindsets. Like, you know, if you're going really high on the mountain, you don't have to breathe so hard. You could just, you know, rent an oxygen tank. <laughs> you can see these opportunities and these helps that can help you to do things. In this day and age, when I started Internet marketing uh, 10 years ago, we didn't have all the outsourcing that we have now. We didn't have the technology. I had to do it all. I had to roll up my sleeves and do it all. Uh, I had Elance, but not, it wasn't all that sophisticated like it is now. So, but you don't have to do that anymore, but you get, you're right. You do get into that mindset, that grind mindset, 
and it has to be shifted. And then there's the, the shifting of the dream. Sometimes the dreams shift, and that's a good thing, but if your consciousness level isn't high enough, you can't see the whole valley. So you can't choose which part of the dream. You know, did you want to live by the lake or did you want to live on the slope where you can look down to the lake and not get flooded yet in springtime? <laughs> I grew up in landscaping, yeah. so I think of things this way. So it's, it's removing the blocks is part of it, and one big thing that just kind of flies under the radar for people is this level of consciousness. Because we're actually raising level of consciousness. Now, if you've read Power Versus Force with Dr. David Hawkins, you, you were told that you could only raise five points in your entire lifetime. Well, we raised people hundreds of points over six weeks. And the way that they see the world completely changes. So when, when, when Mike, our speaker who, who went to Vegas, when he realized, no, I don't want to retire, I want to keep helping people, he asked a question that he hadn't asked before. And it was, it's like a duh question if you're a speaker, right? So this was the question. Where could I go and speak without having to get on multiple planes where I could speak every week of the year? Well, you know, you've got Vegas, San Diego, and Tampa, right, the first, off the top of the head. So he, he's like, well, Vegas sounds cool. Let's try that out. And so he got booked. I, it, but he, until he came from a higher level of consciousness, he couldn't ask the question. And we know that the, the quality of the answer is determined by the quality of the question. So the yeah. raising of consciousness is huge. It makes a huge difference to your results. I, I, I also find it fascinating how much we believe in everything um, that seems apparent to us from birth, you know. Oh, look, a hand. <laughs> look, I... When I touch something hot, I, it hurts, and we start establishing rules of of operation for life being a physical being on the planet. Uh, we start, and the rule book is just massive. By the time you've got just a little age on you, maybe six years old, you've got a quite a vocabulary of all the rules of of life. You know, I can't do this. I can't fly. Yeah. I'd like that. You know, be that bird, but. He's got wings, his bones are hollow, I'm too big, I'd have to have wings that are 70 feet long, and blah, blah, blah. I can't do that. And we're just told. You'd never, be, you'd never make it as a, as a bumblebee with that mindset. Exactly. Oh, my God. I wish I would have. I, I wish that's where I was going, but thank you so much because that's perfect. It, because that's really what we do, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we are told constantly what we'll buy, you know. Um, right. I, you know, and, and I'll buy this, I'll buy that. Sure, that makes sense to me. And, and everybody's just – and then a guy writes a book and says, you've only got – I don't even know what his point system's all about. But he's, but he's limiting you right off the bat saying you're only going to change by five points per life. Huh? Yeah, or, or maybe amazing. he thinks that we only get one life. <laughs> I don't know, but that's pretty dour. That's pretty awful. <laughs> well, it, it was also the time it was written. Uh, he did excellent, excellent work and put a lot of science behind – what people said with Holcomb at the time. Uh, but he, he was limited by his perspective of when he was. So now it is yeah. after 2012. And at 2012, December uh, 2012, saw a huge uplift of the vibration of the planet. Uh, everything, d despite some, some horrific things that are happening, most people are getting more positive in the world. They're seeing possibilities they didn't see before. They're, they're interacting with each other in different ways. And because of that, that's why we're able to do it. It's a, it, our, that's why our technology has kind of, it's new. I mean, this is, not, this is not something that was available before 2012. 2012 made all the difference in this shift. So, so 2012 were, was the four-minute mile for human consciousness. 
Nobody yeah. can run. Nobody can even conceive of the idea of a human being being able to run a mile in under four minutes until one did. And then all right. of a sudden, everybody could. Practically everybody who attempted it, who was physically able and believed that they could do it, yeah, I bought, I'll buy that. And they bought it, and they did it. And then it was no big deal to do a four-minute mile. <laughs> you know, and, and you're talking that about brilliant. 2012. I love that. Yeah, you're right. and, and people can believe it now. It. So they're seeing other people going places. I think the Internet's helped a lot when you stay away from all the – because there's a lot of people who haven't gotten to that point, and, you know, a lot of the stuff that they share is negative and hateful and mean and angry and, and things they've got to work through. But you have to be very careful filtering through all of that stuff so it doesn't take you backwards. Because if you filter yourself really, really good, your stream, like I've got mine on Facebook so well filtered that I'm just bombarded with magical, wonderful, creative <laughs> things that people are doing. And the capacity for humanity to do wonderful things, I feel like I'm more aware of that upper limit just because I've taken the time to filter out all the crap and get really close to, you know, people and ideas and pages where they're just doing big things and it's just big things all the time going across my screen. And I think that that helps me with my own level. Um, you and, know, and it all started with a simple decision, to. right? It, it, you, you made a decision that you, you no longer wanted to focus on the negative. I mean, I haven't watched the news in years. If I need to know something, somebody's going to mention it. So it but you made a simple decision, a seemingly small decision, to change your news feed. You decided you no longer wanted to look at the negative. You wanted to look at the uplifting. So you changed your news feed. And what did that do? It changed your entire vibration so that now you see possibilities. You know that other people are out there doing. You're now in an empowered community. And it all started from that one decision. And that's why the decision, I always everywhere. say that was a capital D. Yeah, Exactly. And that's why that capital D and decision is so important because when you hit these decision points and you say, here I am again, I say, here you are again. This is awesome. This is your chance to make a new decision. Yeah. To decide to step into that bigger self. And thank God the universe keeps giving us those opportunities. Yeah. It's a funny world we live in, or reality, or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But it's nice that we have this ability once you open this box, you can't close it. I mean, Pandora would even be impressed with this one. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, I've had trouble, you know, in the transition period or what I consider my transition period, uh, being kind of like scared of it and thinking I almost feel like I want to go back to my dirty bathwater. It was still kind of lukewarm, and I was still had a modicum of comfort, and I understood things, or at least I thought I did. In, in that time, I understood how the world worked, and now I know those rules are fake, and those ceilings were not there, the walls were not there, but, but I'm so uncomfortable now. You know, I, I don't know how many people you talk to that go through that. It's kind of scary being between two worlds. It felt like I was between two, you know, a, a growing into a new understanding. And I, you know, some people might call it enlightenment or whatever, although I'm not enlightened, <laughs> I don't think, at all. But you learn these I have a whole I have a whole scary. perspective on enlightenment that's a little different too. But let me first address this. Yes, in fact, I blogged about that this week. I have uh, I moved to Denver because Ed and I were doing a lot of video for Life's New Game, and and we we just loved doing it together. And so we moved moved to Denver, worked on that for a year and a half, and then we so he and he's moved to St. Pete's. I moved 
to Austin. All my stuff is in storage. I'm here on the sublease for two and a half months deciding when and where I want to live. The whole, my my support system up and moved to um, Arizona, <laughs> my, grand, my daughter's grandparents, so my babysitters moved to Arizona at the same time. All this is going on. My, I've, I don't do anything by halves, but this is even bigger for, than it usually is for me. But everything is in transition for me right now. New relationships, everything is in transition. And yet, and while I am scared, because that's part of being an animal, a human animal, in that being out of my comfort zone, I do feel some fear. It's just not debilitating fear. See, fear is there yeah. to tell you something in my environment has changed. Maybe I should do something about it. Make a decision. It's not there yeah. to stop you deer in the headlights. It's to say, hey, that's hot. Did you want that hot thing to be there? Or maybe yeah. you want to move your feet. Or the maybe it's warming you. Yes, exactly. So I do feel some fear in this transition. I should feel fear. That's healthy. But I also feel this calmness. I know that from looking at the signs and everything that's going on, that I am on an upward swing. I know that this world, this universe operates, this game is for my benefit. And I know that because I've chosen that. So everything that happens is for my benefit to my highest, greatest good. So even in the middle of this huge transition in every area of my life, I, I still have this peace and this calm in my heart. And it's a huge up-leveling for me. And, you know, Ed and I are inner game experts. We've been doing this. I've been doing this my whole life. I was a pastor uh, before this <laughs> and studied world religions my whole life. So this is my life that I've been doing this. And yet still I have these massive upgrades that come along. So in the middle of all this be, transition, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that could be one of the most helpful things that you guys brought to the show today for certain listeners who uh, might be thinking, well, these guys have been doing this all their lives and or a big portion of their lives, and they probably never have any trouble with any, you know, the human animal stuff. They probably got that licked. And I think it's really awesome that you mentioned that so that everybody could hear that that kind of stuff doesn't go away. It's just the way that you look at uh-huh. it challenges that that change it's how you experience and, and, that it changes yeah that's awesome it's coming that. from the higher consciousness oh well, that, that's who we are we're real people we're, we're playing this game with you uh, all together i mean we're humans together doing this we're social animals and my degree is in anthropology so to me i go okay we're social animals what does that mean for how we live together and um nihilists who believe in nothing tend to suicide <laughs> because we're the, yeah. the creature we are is a social creature so it's it's how you look at it that changes it's go okay these signs are positive i'm looking at choices that are making me happier that are i'm i'm playing a bigger game i'm helping more people so even though i'm in the midst of all this change the signs are there that this is good change and so let's keep going forward even with the fear and then yeah. I just pull out our two-minute process and I clear the fear. Did you know that fear and gratitude cannot coexist in the body chemically? The chemical huh. for fear and the chemical for sense, gratitude cancel each other out. Yeah, they just literally cancel each other out. So if you can be in gratitude for a few minutes, it will wash the fear out of your body. And wow. part of our process well, is gratitude. That is an amazing thing, and it's a great thing that for everybody to keep in mind as you go along. It's like I could just wipe this out right now with some gratitude. 
Well, it will come back because the fear is there to adapt it for a reason. But yeah, yeah, no, the fear is there for a reason, and it it will come back with unless you clear what's behind the fear, you have to clear the block. But it will give you the temporary relief so that you can have a breathing space, and that's and you can pull out. We pull out our two minute process and we clear it, and we go, okay, what's behind this? And then we can see, okay, now what are our options? And we can take, we can choose well between them because when you choose a fear, you almost always choose the wrong option. But now we can go, okay, right, the rock's the, out of the way, the fear's out of the way. I'm going to give the link. We're at the top of the hour. It's joindu.com slash cash flow. Joindu.com slash cash flow. And tell everybody about this really quickly. We're, we're about two okay, minutes Okay, this out. is great. This, this is pulling back the curtain and showing you everything. So I just shared something very personal in my life with my transition period right now. And we pull back the curtain and we show you everything about what we do. We couldn't do that on the show because it takes a lot of time. And it's a, it's a 90 minute event that we do with you. And so we get on and we show you exactly what our process is, exactly why it works, how it works, and we clear something for you on there so that you will know it works in your life. Because if it doesn't work in your life, then it's not right for you. But it works for everybody, and we want to gift this with you. We want to help you clear your money issues so you can jet forward in your life and your business to live the life that you love, doing what you want with the people you want to spend it with. So I encourage you to go do that, get that gift from us to you, and just rock out this life because it's an amazing one. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I think we still have lost Ed. Did we get Ed back, Gina? We lost them both. Are you muted? I think we lost them all on our own. It's okay. We figured everything out. Uh, They're going to have to listen to the show because uh, we figured it all out today. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this and also for your awesome gift at joindu.com slash cash flow. All one word, cash flow. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.